Every week, we, at the end of our service, we make a covenant to remind ourselves why this church community exists. And one of the key phrases comes, it's right from Jesus, and it is to love our neighbors as ourselves. We know that. Now Jesus also goes on and, and pushes us further and says that we are also supposed to love our enemies. That's doing a lot. Along the way, the fierce love that Jesus lived and that he died for, his fierce love was, I'm going to call it, tamed. In these United States, for example, we, we've tamed Jesus' virtue of compassion to the virtue of tolerance. Now, and when I grew up, that was the, the word that was used. It was good enough for people of this great nation to tolerate people of different political ideas or different ethnicities or different races or sexualities, politics, religion. It was good enough to tolerate. Now in this way of thinking though, you can't be racist if you tolerate people who look differently than you do. Isn't that what you hear when you people hear people say sometimes, I'm not really racist, but they're saying that because they, they endure, they indulge, and maybe even allow the existence of people of color. Because in their way of thinking, they tolerate it. They can't be racist. I'm saying that tolerance isn't Jesus' way. Jesus' way is compassion. Jesus returned to the synagogue. A man with a withered hand was there. Wanting to bring charges against Jesus, they were watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He said to the man with the withered hand, Step up where people can see you. Then he said to them, Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil or save life or to kill? But then they said nothing. Looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he did, and his hand was made healthy. At that, the Pharisees got together with the supporters of Herod to plan how to destroy Jesus. This is right at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, and they're already starting to plan how to get rid of him. One of, this is one of many, many examples of Jesus healing someone. Jesus loved healing people. And not just the ones who would pay or that would become part of his group or whatever. He healed everybody. He healed untouchables. He healed women, poor, rich. He, there were probably gay and transgender people, Romans, Jews. And he did not care about the rules, the divisions about who, when, how it was proper to heal. He just did it. And it got him killed. Compassion 
True compassion is a fierce kind of love. Now the meaning of compassion got tamed. So I like to think maybe it's our job to make it a little wild again. Compassion is about showing up. It's about being there. There's, you, you can be caring at a distance. But compassion, compassion has a, a physicality to it. Compassion doesn't turn people into objects of pity. Don't do that. Compassion doesn't turn people into objects of pity. Compassion is about seeing what is truly beautiful and wonderful in another person and not just seeing what you think needs fixing. Compassion is recognizing viscerally in your gut the humanity, the Holy Spirit that is in every person even the jerks among us. Not the soda jerks, they're fine. You, know, you may not be able to tell it from this picture. And does anybody know who this is? Okay, this is the man named Matthew Stanford. And you may not be able to tell it from this picture, but he is a paraplegic who is paralyzed from the waist down. When he was 13 years old, he was in a horrible car crash that killed his father and his sister. And he was deeply wounded. And yet today, Matthew considers himself to be healed and whole. Now, he may not be able to move his legs again, but he is healed and whole. Do you believe that? Twenty years ago, Matthew founded what a new nonprofit back then called Mind Body Solution. And he started by teaching yoga. And I learned about him because he began to work with veterans who were coming back from, uh, from Iraq and Af Afghanistan, showing them, showing them with, in his physicality that being healed and whole does not always mean what people think that it means. For some of us of a certain age, you know, or all of us, you know, there are things that as you get older you can't do that you could do when you were younger. Any of you have any of those experiences, things that you did when you were a kid that you cannot do? I remember the first time I went on a slip and slide, which I remember loving. It hurts when you're older. <laughs> but does that make you less worthy? There are a lot of people who think that. That is not Jesus' way of compassion. And I want you to know, not, not just in here, but I want you to know in here, in your soul, that you are worthy, not just be the things that you cannot physically or mentally do. Because no matter what happens in this life, even death itself cannot stop the power of compassionate love to make us heal and, healed and whole. Matthew put it like this. In all the work that he has done with people who have been wounded physically, mentally, and spiritually, he is yet to encounter a single person who worked to change themselves, who worked to heal, who did not become a, a more compassionate human being. 
we can grow in compassion, our love. By our wounds, we are healed. The Apostle Paul, Paul wrote these words to the followers of Jesus. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So take a look at this person. Who is this? Albert Einstein. Yeah, we, we, even from a profile, we, rec we recognize him. What, what is Albert Einstein known for? Yep, okay, relativity. relativity. Anything else? Yep, yep, you got that working with quantum mechanics, finding that kind of that, that we're still working on that. Uh, we're working on, working on our, he was the giant who launches physics in the 20th century in the way that we are, we are dealing with it and how it is changing our lives now. And he's going to be always known as the genius of E equals MC squared and his work advancing physics. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that none of us will ever know what it is like to be Einstein. Now I want you to take a look at this picture. What, what do you see in this picture? Snow, okay, it's a snowy day. What's he thinking? Should we get a little louder, I'm not... Is he kind of caught? He looked to me, he's like he's looking out. There's, there almost appears to be like a church in the background in the snow. And he's, or he's, maybe he's at a university. That's a, yeah, Princeton where he taught. Yeah. It's, um, so he's, he's at this place and he's, and he's looking out, out at, this, at this winter and maybe having kind of some deep thoughts. We just, we just don't know. And here's what I, I love about this picture. Can we see the whole thing? So this is the whole picture of him. He is wearing his leather jacket. He is smoking a cigar. He looks like he is bummed because he doesn't get to go out for a motorcycle ride today. The thing about it is, is that this is a different perspective on Albert Einstein. And you don't get the, the, the sense of who, you know, this guy is an intellectual genius. But you want to know who this guy is, what he cared about. See, the thing about Einstein, one thing that he knew is that true genius isn't about intellect. It isn't about the mind. He believed, and this is a quote from him, that compassionate people are geniuses in the art of living. More necessary to the dignity, security, and joy of humanity than the discoverers of knowledge. Or as the Christian scriptures say, knowledge makes people arrogant, but love builds people up. Compassion 
The genius of the art of living is about showing up, making a difference, being there. So when the incredible Marian Anderson showed up to sing at Princeton, the campus hotel wouldn't give a room to a black woman. And so Einstein publicly showed up, and he invited her to stay with him. And that began a friendship that lasted decades. When the Scottsboro boys, these nine teenage boys in Alabama, were accused of raping two white women in 1931, Albert Einstein showed up on their behalf. Now, I'm not going to tell you that Einstein was a saint. He was not. He was not a perfect human being. But he chose to show up in the name of compassion. This may not be what he's known for, but this is who he was. Because he knew that compassion has a physicality to it. It's not abstract. And anyone can do it. You, I know I will never be an intellectual genius like Albert Einstein. You probably won't advance science in the same way that he did. And yet, as he put it, science has become like a razor blade in the hands of a three-year-old. Science alone can't get the job done. We need compassion. In a time such as this, we need you to become a genius in the art of living, in showing up with compassion. We need people with compassion right now because people of tolerance aren't getting the job done to repair the wounds of this moment. We need people of compassion. We need people who will show up. And there's no time like the present. Tomorrow night, for example, we're going to be having a Zoom meeting of people to show up and to help organize um, plans for the two families, that refugee families from Afghanistan, that we are helping to find a home in our community. And that involves providing transportation, getting the logistics of transportation worked out. It's not easy. We need somebody to help them with schools and what it's like to enter schools in the United States. And health care. Coming into the United States and finding health care, it is not easy to find jobs, too. Will you be one who shows up? And if not just for the refugee family, is there what will you show up for? For whom will you extend the influence of Christ's compassion? Compassion doesn't turn people into objects of pity. Compassion is about showing up and seeing what is beautiful in another person. Not just what you think needs fixing. Is God's Spirit calling you right now to love like Jesus, to answer the call to be all compassion in the world?